passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is it? Water? Clinics or tissue? Oh, Jesus Christ, boy. This thing is deadly. This thing has caused so many issues. This bottle, you're not keeping any of this in. I haven't hit record yet. <laughs> I wish I did. God. This thing is terrible. It's cursed. It does not go well with computers. Water bottles. Metal. You're making my laptop very scared right now. I know. If we're both without laptops, we are oh, we're fucked. unable to do any of nope. this. Our careers are done. <laughs> Brayden. <laughs> yep. WH, good luck. Okay. No, it's, it's just condensation. So I had this thing. Oh, that's the trick. That screwing the cap, that like little extra two two millimeters of wait, that makes all the difference in the world. What? <laughs> if it's not if it's not closed, it's open. Well, listen, there's a lot going on tonight. We're good. We're good. Yep, good to go. Good to go. Welcome everybody to Rewind to SmackDown. I am John Pollock, along with uh, a very hydrated waiting. Live here in the post office. Let everyone hear. Can you take one big sip for us? This water bottle that nearly brought down our, our entire operation. All right. Make sure this is worth that drink. Oh. <sighs> Drinking, I can stand. Food, well not, not a it. chance. Oh, okay. Drinking, it's okay. What if it was like a smoothie? Mm, your blended food. I would probably err on the side of no. A lot of sucking and like will not bring a smoothie here. All this uh, movement. How are you? Uh, doing well, doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. How has this been this week? Having to watch a show and then get on your bike and come over here to my house. You know, it's nice to ride your bike or my bike in the in the evening. No, I was gonna say, what bike have you t- taken yeah. in mind? No, I don't, I don't have a bike. I don't have a working bike this summer. And it, it's driven me nuts. Uh, it's literally. Been, it's been a really hot summer in Toronto. It's so, really hot. Know, biking in the heat isn't always the most pleasurable thing, but biking at night is. Very calming, uh, a nice, a nice way to decompress. Was my mode of transportation throughout high school and university was riding my bike. I I loved it. Do you always wear a helmet? No, I'll be honest, I didn't. Today, totally different. I would always wear a helmet up until my current bike I have now has just uh, the winter destroyed it. So it, I just didn't get around to buying a new one. But yeah, I always wore what changes, a helmet. What changed in in between that time? A helmet? Yeah. Why helmet now and not before? Oh, when I was younger, it was a total just, I hated lugging it around. Like every excuse that you come up with, that is a stupid excuse. And I don't look cool. I don't look bad. It wasn't so much that. It was that 
I'd be going out and it's like, you don't want to lock your helmet with your bike and leave it there. So you've got to just carry this thing with you. If you're going to see a movie, if you're going out with friends, I hated the inconvenience of it. Yeah. But you know what? I do find my head has done great things for my life. So kind of worth the extra hassle. You have a helmet. I can see it right yeah. now. The inconvenience of um not having a head would be way worse. That could be, yeah, very bad. Um So with that said... <laughs> I have a story to share. I saw the the funniest visual the other day. Over the last while, I've seen like a plethora of wrestling shirts about just in everyday settings. Typically, you'll see your WWE ones. It's whatever. You know, I'm, I've been noticing obviously a lot of uh, far fewer Bullet Club shirts. There, I mean, oh, I've seen none of yeah. late. But I will tell you, a few weeks ago, someone was riding his bike and had an NWA shirt on. Oh. Like and the National like, Wrestling Alliance. Are we talking like a... Like an updated one. Like Billy Corgan. Yeah. NWA. Yes. Interesting. But then on Monday... I feel like I've seen that same person walking around. Okay. I don't know how many people... You and I do live, live in the same area, so yeah. I cannot imagine there are two hmm. NWA shirts about in our town. But I am walking, and I see this this gentleman who I imagine I'm going to guess is in his 70s. Okay? So paint this in your head. He's wearing cowboy boots... With a cowboy hat, black jeans, and holding this ensemble together, I just see from the back, hustle, loyalty, respect. Oh, oh, of course. I was like, what an outfit this is. Yeah. That's a guy who's who's living his best life. Like a like cowboy Cena, who was just waiting for the bus. That's that's amazing. I want to party with that guy. Oh. I felt it would this be rude just, to take a photo. Is but- his name Justin Terry? No, it wasn't. No, older man. Like, oh, um, interesting. I yeah. think those two would really get along. Uh, Justin Terry and, and John Cowboy, Cena? Cowboy John Cena. Probably. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Actually, our friend Justin Terry, our communication by text is just we send stupid jokes to each other. Uh-huh. So the one I just got, okay? Yeah. Oh, this is such a start to this show. How does the rock pee? <laughs> Standing up. He dwains his Johnson. This is now, like, is, is that orig- original, I hope? I doubt it. I oh, doubt okay. It. They're well, never original jokes that we share. Oh, very good. Very yeah. good. Uh, what a talent. That's our that's our texting exchanges, but I thought that was actually <sighs> kind of clever. That's a great guy. Uh, lots to talk about today. Yeah. We have uh, SmackDown to get to, many news items. Uh, it was made official on Tuesday. NXT is going to the USA Network Wednesday night. Tuesday morning. This Tuesday morning. So now that we have the benefit of hindsight, yeah. Uh, what did you think about their decision to go with a press release Tuesday morning as opposed to just get it out there on Raw? Totally confused. I have to imagine if they really had it their way, they would have made the announcement last night. What, I would think so. Yeah. So must and that was the expectation was it would be made Monday. Yeah. There must. Do you think there there was probably something holding them back? I don't know what the decision was to well, hold off till Tuesday. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It just seems that, you know, you think of uh, some of the big announcements that they've made, like the Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Just a clip. Well, That's yeah. a great clip of the audience reacting, and you're doing it in front of a big arena setting, Maybe as w- opposed to a press release where we get a bunch of headlines sure. on, on the TV show. 
Well, they, even tonight, they really didn't hit it that hard. They that, mentioned it twice. That's what I mean. You know, I, I think I, I, for something as big as, you know, a two hour show, brand new property to air live every Wednesday, I would have expected a bit more fanfare in the way of like Triple H coming out, you know, maybe with some NXT talent talking about, Hey, we're taking over. Um, I'll say week one just, and granted, uh, I'm sure this is, it's obviously going to ramp up. The initial resp- – they have to make this a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I think they fumbled this announcement. I think they did – this is a big news item. Make it feel big. They do it with so much other stuff. Uh, you need to make this feel – compare this to, to the announcement. Yeah. AEW getting on TNT. All of their big announcements. Mm-hmm. We talk ad nauseum about AEW making an event out of announcements. Just the buildup to it. And that's going to be key to this is making all of this so much wrestling content, making it feel like this, these two hours are so important. There's always to me have, there's always been a bit of a disconnect between, you know, Raw, SmackDown and their promotion of, of NXT, even down to takeovers. I don't really feel like that integration has been, you know, fully. Uh, I don't know, fully, fully taken advantage of as much as I think it really should. It's have. your in-house product, that, but but yeah. this, I I feel like they would have definitely have made an exception. You know, essentially making like to me, I feel like NXT is essentially taking over the time slot of SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not Tuesday, but it's still USA Network. It's a day later, but essentially filling the same void of a midweek WWE program. Yeah, so you, I definitely would have expected them to. Give it a bit more fanfare than they did tonight. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be more, but this is something that needs to – like, there was no reason not right. to make this a huge deal. Even tonight's SmackDown, I thought would have a lot more yeah. to it, especially a Hunter announcement of some sort and mm. making a declarative statement of, like, how important this is. They had – I mean, I'll tell you what was really interesting was, like, clearly they told all their talent to tweet about it. And no, what? Was, what? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what the weirdest thing was, was that this was uh, caught by somebody uh, and posted all over Reddit. Andrade. <laughs> I don't know what the story tweeted is. Tweeted out. This is verbatim what he tweeted Okay. Out. Andrade. Hey, as a former NXT champion, can you comment on this? NXT is going live on USA Network on Wednesdays. <laughs> he posted that whole thing. <laughs> and then promptly deleted it. So, um... I don't know what happened there. <laughs> maybe a bit of a poor copy and pasting job, or maybe t- taking it too literally. But so that, I mean, that's about the extent of what they did as far as promotion went. Just do a whole tweet storm. So uh, let, let's just go through. We, we if you want to hear uh, further analysis, we did a big discussion on this Monday night because and, and all the pertinent details we kind of knew up until this point. So, so the status of, of my computer is still up in the air. I'm going to call tomorrow morning. I'm supposed to pick it up, but we'll see. But either way, I think John and I will, will attempt to, to do something on Thursday, maybe talking about this. If there's a way for me to get phone calls, I, I will definitely try to. So yeah. we know it's going to be live weekly from yeah. Full Sail University. 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, starting September 18th that we reported. And commentary team is still intact with Mauro Ranallo, Nigel McGuinness, and Beth Phoenix. So that means Mauro Ranallo is going to be traveling to Florida every Wednesday, mm-hmm. which that that's a lot. Um, for Nigel McGuinness, he'll have two weeks where, in theory, he's going to have 205 Live on Tuesday and then this on Wednesday. It's not the craziest schedule if he is then shifted on Fridays and he's doing travel – Wednesday right. to Florida and then go to SmackDown on Friday. That's not a crazy schedule, no. but had it been Tuesday to Wednesday, I think that that would have been pretty tough to do. Sure. Do a show late on Tuesday and then be in Florida the next so day. So what do you think about that? The fact that they did announce it would be from full sale 
every week, but how do you, how long do you expect that to last? I think that will be one of the casualties if they're, they need to make changes. If they believe like this is not, that's the easiest fix is the location and uh, something to point to that AEW is doing this. They're in larger venues. We need to take this on the road and it's something NXT can do. Um, this is, I don't think ultimately it's, um, a huge deal where it's coming from, but it's, you know, it's, it's totally going to be a different atmosphere than what you're getting from AEW that's yeah. touring and does feel like the touring promotion as opposed to NXT that's in front of 400 people. And at this point, at least for their first several shows, selling out like 8,000 seaters compared to full sale. So perception wise, I mean, I feel like NXT already probably has the pressure to tour in arenas as big as what AEW are doing. What if they, they don't sell out? Listen, if, if NXT ran some of these venues, I, I don't think they would be having, they would not be having the demand AEW is currently having. Hmm. I don't think NXT could fill these buildings that AEW has so far. I think they'd have a lot of catching up to do. And we see that when NXT goes on the road, like the size buildings that they're running. They're, they're closer to, ROH sized arenas, except for your big takeovers that you can piggyback and, and, and draw well from. So who would you say is the underdog in, in this? I mean, you look at it. I mean, they're both, I, I think you have to look at AEW right now is kind of the, they're hot. Both but- have, both have significant resources behind them. WWE are just that much more infinite that mm-hmm. they can put here. I mean, AEW, uh, they're drawing upon being just counter to everything WWE. Uh, WWE, they they have a lot of tools that they can use. If this does not work, they have at their disposal tons of main roster talent. Mm-hmm. They have existing television, and for a lot of fans, that they are the established product for. So I, I think you have to look like they are the ones that can pull out many more stops. But the question will be like, what what answers are are you going to have? I don't think just hey. Roman Reigns is on NXT next week if that's necessarily going to gigantically increase your audience. And a month into this is going to be very interesting to see what NXT is like week one versus where is it week four through six. Yeah. What it, what, what do you feel about – um have you heard anything more as far as, you know, who might be in charge? Whether or not Vince McMahon will, will be a big part of NXT going forward? I mean, the way – like it's been positioned is they're very much putting Hunter like front and center here. He was the one interviewed. They even mentioned on SmackDown that Triple H will be spearheading this. I mean, that was mentioned by Byron Saxton. I mean, it's, I think most are of the impression that, you know, Paul is going to be in his position. It's, but I think everyone knows that Vince McMahon ultimately is going to be not that far removed from anything that's going on in his company. I think it'll be very curious that first week on at full sale is Vince McMahon there. I would have to think so, don't you? I think that will tell a lot is, right a show there. as important as that. Um now how you know uh, the other question is going forward how how will somebody like Vince be able to juggle that type of schedule? Oh, and I I don't think that's possible. Like yeah. as we mentioned with, with SmackDown going to Fridays, I mean Tuesday through Thursday are going to be creative meetings that are going to be happening in Stanford and Vince McMahon, I mean, there's only so much he can spread himself across mm-hmm. all of these shows between Raw and SmackDown and SmackDown. Like that's a huge, huge priority. Forget the XFL, uh, which is going to be, 
yes, the season starts in February, but there's all the other stuff that comes with it uh, ahead of that launch. So I don't see how Vince McMahon could be overseeing this, but we all lived through that ECW reboot when that went from a web property to TV. Then all of a sudden, Vince McMahon took over that show from Paul Heyman and Shane McMahon. Now, this is a little different because, I mean, it's being produced at a different place. Uh, that show was essentially, you know, when the 205 Live. The whole sis- the whole like model is in place. Like, it's taking uh-huh. NXT, yeah. the same production, the same people. The difference is that you're going live with commercials um, two hours yes. instead of taped. Um, so, might be a bit of a, a bit of a learning process. I'm really curious to know if the crews are going to be that different yeah. uh, but between Raw and SmackDown. If they're keeping all the NXT production people, if the backstage segments that we see in NXT will still continue to look like that, or if there will be a bit more influence from maybe a Kevin Dunn or something like that. What What do you envision in terms of the oversight of this product? Uh, like what? I mean, I think it's in their best interest, interest to keep it exactly as it is uh, in – Let's not forget. I think you have to at least try with this. Yeah. Let's not forget all the people that have been working on NXT. They have their own team. A bunch of people that, you know, uh, are, I think, really waiting for this type of opportunity, whether it be individually, uh, you know, up on the main roster on Raw or SmackDown, or I think t- to, t- to everybody's, uh, like, I'm thinking people like Road Dog. They probably much prefer to keep it as what, it, what NXT is right now and just trying to present that on a bigger stage with the same core group of people. Yeah. So, I mean, like I've heard things that I just, I, I can't confirm. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't want to speculate on things, but I mean, you just have to look at the the system that they have now. And I, I, I think that that first week is going to be, will tell a lot uh, if Vince McMahon is there or not. I think they have to make a real statement for that first show. Cause I think right now there are a lot of concerns from current NXT fans that, NXT is not going to be the same anymore. And it's going to be, a, you know, kind of a Vince, Vince version of NXT that I, I think that you do start it just as it is because yeah. then after, if it's not working, then you can make those changes. Why would you make wholesale changes at the get go yeah. when you don't even give this a chance to see, is there an audience for this after a few weeks? How long have we, has everybody been begging for, you know, a SmackDown that's very different from Raw? Meanwhile, like they've been the same for as long as they both existed. This is a real chance for another brand to actually feel different. Yep. And just by going what, what, what I saw today, I mean, they very much were positioning like this is, this is Paul Levesque. Like that is like, this is his baby. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, I think you owe it to this guy to mm-hmm. give him this opportunity. Like it's, do you find it any more interesting now that, you know, somebody like Hunter was not part of the talks when, you know, Bishop and Heyman were brought around the fact that. Kind of might, he might essentially end up like right now heading, heading the third brand. I'm, I'm sure that this was something that they probably knew there was a possibility of. And you would think that you, you, you want him attached to NXT as opposed to, uh, earmarking him for a position at Raw or, or SmackDown. Hmm. Um, beyond that, um, I guess uh, like the two, the two week jump that they have, do you feel that that is positive for NXT? Um, and how they build up to October 2nd. We kind of discussed, you know, like yesterday. I mean, all the curiosity will still be on AEW come October 2nd. So I think if they get two weeks to build up to like a really big NXT, they could even do a takeover special on USA if they wanted to on October 2nd. They might actually do that. If they wanted yeah. something to really mess with them. And they've they've done this experiment on Raw before, a uh, commercial-free takeover October yeah. 2nd. Oh, man. 
That now the other thing. The last oh. time they tried that was a Raw on Christmas Day where they did an hour commercial yeah. free. I mean, it's for a one week. Um, you go commercial free. Yes, USA gets gets hit that week, but that's a real statement to you're not going to give people an out to go over. It's a statement. At the same time, the announcement that. NXT is going to be on the WWE Network on Thursday. Oh, yeah. We should later. talk about that. Do you think that will just simply entice people to watch it on a delay? Because they can. Whether, but Whereas AEW, those plans haven't really been announced about when. On demand. When it might be. Which you would have to imagine. It, it'll be on BR Live. It's just a question of when yeah. it will be up because they haven't disclosed that yet. Yeah. So that's an interesting part of this. Um, Dave Meltzer has reported that it's. It's a pretty sizable commitment USA Network is making to this. Uh, Dave has reported the floor is $50 million a year, which yeah. that, that's enormous. That it's NXT. Close to a million episode. It's like, yeah. and that's going to be the figure that we're talking one, uh, one year for, per year, yeah. per, per year, year for the yeah. programming for 52 weeks a year mm-hmm. of NXT, two hours a week. And that's the figure that I think will get brushed aside because everyone will look Thursdays at four o'clock at the ratings and yet. NXT to me, it's already like it's profitable now. Yeah. It is a gigantic success by landing a deal like that, mm-hmm. which right off the bat, you're talking about NXT having guaranteed more money than AEW has guaranteed. Yep. But it's going to be the viewership that everyone's going to point to. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even though this is something that, um, I, I don't know. I don't think you d- dedicate all your resources just for the bragging rights when, if it comes to the detriment of your product, that's, Landed you this great deal, and, and you're speaking that you're speaking to that as if they they would throw something like a takeover on, on TV. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not even so much talking about takeover, but we both know that five weeks in, if they're doing, let's just throw out a number, they're doing 1.2 million viewers, very respectable number in prime time. Uh, but if AEW is doing 1.7, mm-hmm. they're going to view that as a as a failure, even though that's a great number on its own because of the comparison. And I think everybody wins. You know, like, like, I, if, if, the, if those two are the not, numbers, not if they look at out. NXT and view that as a failure and start taking this apart and just make it much more right. in line with what Raw looks like every week and you, you kind of take this apart. This Don't. is what WCW fell into. They were doing phenomenal business in 98, but the perception was we're losing, not because people focus on house show numbers or mm-hmm. pay per views. They looked at the television number and their numbers were phenomenal, mm-hmm. but they were compared to Raw. Let's go back to the uh, on-demand discussion. Yeah, so they don't have to wait 30 days. 24 hours, it'll debut on the network at 8 Eastern, and I'm sure that was a big issue for them. Thursday at 8 Eastern. Thursday at 8. A full 24 hours after. 24 hours after it airs on Wednesdays. So this is obviously to keep your international viewers available to to keep up with NXT because they're no longer going to have this on the network Wednesday nights. And to keep... keep, you know, to, to add that value to the network package. Yeah. So I, I think that is a win for WWE because Raw SmackDown, it's a 30 day wait. At the same time, though, does it entice somebody to watch AEW instead, knowing that they can get NXT a, a day later? Um, I, I don't think so. I think that if, they, if they have a hot show, people are going to want to watch it live and not wait till the next night. It's if, a lot of pressure to make a hot show every single week. I'm sure yeah. AEW is going to have something similar. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you're going to have options to watch that on demand after. I mean, a huge sure. part of AEW is propping up BR Live. Sure. So I would, I would be stunned if the show isn't available on demand very quickly if you have BR Live. But I did, I did inquire with uh, Sportsnet 360 and, uh, their comment was, uh, pretty short and succinct that they have nothing to share right now. So 
I didn't take that as a no, and I certainly didn't take that as a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they have their NHL commitments. I don't even know if they could necessarily fit something in, especially on a Wednesday night, which is a um, a big night for them with their NHL commitments. Uh, is this something that they could fit onto Sportsnet now, which is their online app? Hmm. It, uh, that's all out there. But again, this news just broke today. You're not going to just snap your fingers and suddenly there's a television deal for this in an international market. Right. So that's where things stand now. And yeah, we went over this last night. I don't think it's going to necessarily curb um, subscribers on the network. They're still there. I, I thought going into this, it might be a lot longer of a wait before NXT was on the network, if at all. So the fact it'll be there 24 hours later, I don't think that's going to affect Honestly, I, even others. if they took it off completely and had a 30-day wait, I don't think it'll make that. that Takeovers are going to remain the same yeah. on the network. There's nothing changing with those, which are the bigger draw. Pay-per-views really are, I mean, despite, I think, maybe how the past few pay-per-views have been good, you know, and I think as as long as, like, you have that perceived value attached to it every single month, you're still going to do the, the same number in my mind. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting how they build up that first show and come out of the gate with something big. And I think it's important to make it feel very different. I agree. Absolutely. So any other notes? Any other thoughts? Uh, I I think I'm good with it for now. Good with the. We'll probably have some come up in the forum questions and such, but Uh, I want to give away a shirt. Let's give away a shirt then. Uh, But I I cannot pull up the list on, on this phone. So, John, if you wouldn't mind doing the honors and perhaps picking a winner for us okay well let's uh today way is catching me off guard here so uh for people who who are just tuning in um we give out a post-wrestling t-shirt and i'll usually throw in some stickers and maybe a coffee sleeve in there as well to one lucky patron of the post-wrestling cafe which is our patreon if you like us if you like the shows that we produce if you like john's daily news updates we are fully supported by our fine patrons at patreon.com slash post-wrestling okay and john you got the list up there okay Say stop. All right. Stop. The winner is... Oh, shoot. I lost it. See, it's not that easy. It is kind of tough. I had someone pick, so I'm very sorry to this person. But the winner is... James Pasco. All right. James Pasco, congratulations. You are the winner of the post-wrestling prize pack for this week. On Rewind to SmackDown, if you join the Post Wrestling Cafe, you are entered into this draw to win a prize every Tuesday here on the show. Please send me a message, James. All right. Um, so there we go. I will uh, hold on to his email in case we lose it. All right. Let's uh, quickly just go over uh, what's coming up. On Wednesday, we've got a brand new edition of the British Wrestling Experience with Benno, Jamesy, and Martin Bushby. Uh, it's a It's a double shot of... Let's not use that term. I'll just confuse people. We've yeah. got we've got two editions <laughs> of the British Wrestling Experience this week because Friday, Jamesy is back chatting with Alan Cunahan, Alan Forel, uh, a two-hour chat, I understand, about Alan's list of the top 50 UK matches of all time, which is in the latest and final edition of Fighting Spirit magazine. Uh, they're going to be chatting about that on Friday. So uh, a lot of British Wrestling Experience this week, and I'm looking forward to it. They've been doing excellent work, really. Like I... The interviews they get, the yeah. analysis they the discussion, have. It's like, it's, it's such a, and they're really like knowledgeable, not just about the British scene, but really about wrestling as a whole. So, um, please check them out as well as, uh, Benno's other podcast, the grapple spotlight. Yes. Great show that they do, um, that Benno's involved with. And maybe we'll get a fast and the furious review from Benno someday. 
Ah, yeah, I'm sure Nate's, uh, Nate's probably lining him up already. Oh, Benno's gotta do yeah. one of the Fast and Furious reviews with yeah. Nate. That is, uh, they also have, uh, we, we, uh, failed to mention yesterday, Nate has his, uh, latest review up of the game plan yes. with, uh, Chris from LA and, uh, Brittany Monet. Yes. They are chatting about, uh, that film from 2007, which means we're getting closer to the Tooth Fairy. Which, uh, yeah, I haven't been invited to do. I kind of invited myself. So <laughs> hopefully Nate will, uh, leave a slot for, uh, I don't know how many me. people are demanding lining up to do that one. So I wish somewhere I could find my Dwayne Johnson interview that I did with Is that. Is it not online? I've looked before and I, at a time it was on YouTube and I can't find it anymore. Huh. It's gotta be online somewhere. I know you have a demo and I know it's a clip. It's, it's a clip within your demo. Right. Just so one clip though. Maybe I'll call up Dwayne and say, Hey. Remember this yeah. interview? Do you have the master? We'll find out from him. The Wayne's. Yeah, tell him that joke that Justin told you. That's how we'll start it. Uh, also, Wednesday night, the double shot returns. Way and I are chatting the first two episodes of Glow. That will be available exclusive to members of the cafe. Thursday, we have got up next with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. What a discussion they're going to have. How have their lives changed in the last 24 hours? We'll find out. Yeah. Enjoy, tentative enjoy the 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 one hour nxts while you guys can yeah well yeah seriously it's it's not a crazy increase because we're adding commercials so i uh, it's okay. it's Hold now it's 60 minutes commercial free essentially we say that now i would not over under on nxt becoming three hours that's oh god i would not doubt that at some point that starts to become a discussion. hey what do you do we're what? talking about a potential smackdown that goes to three hours and nxt that goes to three hours and then takeovers that go to seven hours. What is your guess on what happens with two hundred five live? What do you What do you think happens with that show in the fall? Do you think it's still? Well, they still have that slot before SmackDowns, right? So you know, as long as SmackDown is is two hours, I think they still have some time to to fill to shoot something. Yeah, they could still do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll be curious. Like, does that do they keep it its own standalone show? Does that talent kind of get um? Absorbed into NXT, who have an extra hour. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's many options on the table. 205 Live just existing right now. I, I don't know what it's necessarily I don't doing. I think it's any draw to the network. I don't think so either. So maybe it's but like what can be. What can you film in that hour preceding or following SmackDown that might be a draw to somebody? Do you have to? Network? So what do you put? Well, there when you went to the show last week, did yeah. you feel unsatisfied just seeing SmackDown? Did you feel yeah, like the extra hour? You left before. A lot of people leave. I, le- I left because I would have cl- absolutely stayed because I felt somewhat unsatisfied by SmackDown. I wanted to see good matches. I left because my girlfriend had to work early the next morning. But I, I, I would say I, I'm in the minority. I think the vast majority of people probably don't care that much about 205 Live. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a good slot to have that it's, it's a thing where we can – listen, if 205 Live suddenly – let's just throw out a total hypothetical – yeah. FS1 really wants more wrestling. We've, we're making this show. Like this is the era of make as much content as possible and get paid for that content. I think there's a big difference though between weekly NXT and 205 Live. I think even like somebody like FS1 would understand that. There was a time WGN wanted superstars. There's been the mixed match challenge. There's like, you're right. Sure. You know what? It's like secondary WWE shows have still drawn some interest. I'm not saying they're going to get a deal like NXT. They probably mm. wouldn't, but if it's something that they can get that's worth worthwhile, it's, Hey, it's a show we've already, we're already producing and yeah. is for sale. With, I, I, I felt if there would be interest for 205 Live, it would have happened by now. With NXT kind of, you know, making the jump up to, to television, I really would like to see some of these other properties, whether it be 205 Live or NXT UK getting a bit more promotion. 
and making them sort of like the spotlighted features on the network week yeah. to week. NXT UK is just, just off the map. It's just off the radar. Completely. And they've got a big takeover coming up in mm-hmm. next week. So the roster is amazing. <laughs> and it's just being squandered. And I would say if two or five lives. You've got well. Walter and Tyler Bate yeah. on that show. Anyway, yeah, anyway. Um, I'm looking forward to that takeover, but uh, I'll I'll admit I I don't watch the TV every week. Mm. Um, so anyway, back to our programming, a tentative show on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I would like to try to figure out a way to to take calls, even if we're not broadcasting live. I think you know the ability to do some sort of live stream while taking phone calls. We, we'll try to do Friday. We've got the return of the MCU reviews. We're reviewing Doctor Strange, so you can tune into that if you are on the cafe. And then we go into the weekend. Uh, Friday, we also have uh, Jamesy's chat with Alan. Two editions of Cruel Summer, as well as two Evolve post shows this weekend. We are going to have Wei Ting and Davey Portman reviewing Evolve 133 late Saturday night. And then Jason Solomon from uh, Solomon Sounds Off. He's going to be joining Davey Sunday night after Evolve 134. And WH's uh, co-host this weekend, Mike Murray, on Saturday to review the 2015 G1 final. And then Jojo Remy on Sunday for the 2016 final with Kenny Omega and Hiroki Goto. Wonderful. Smackdown. From Tuesday night in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, we've got the most venomous star in WWE starting off the show. Jeez. Okay. I I don't know if you simply said that because of uh, the other big news today. I, it was on my list here to get to, uh, we we can discuss. We'll discuss it at the end of the okay. show. Okay, at the end we'll uh we'll discuss. We've got a few little news this, notes. This Spider-Man situation. But this is how Randy Orton was introduced: the most venomous star in WWE. Rolls off the tongue. I mean, how many other venomous stars are there? I guess Steve Austin. Well, he's not really with. He would be the most venomous star. Yeah, but, um, um, Jake Roberts, or more specifically, Damian hmm. or Revelations. Yeah, and beyond that, uh, Santino. Would you consider him venomous? Cobra, of course. Yeah, Cobras. Do they? They I've bite. Ne- I've never been bitten by one. I'm thinking of a boa constrictor. There are no wrestlers who are boa constrictors, I guess. Um, or do they have been? There's, there's boa though in NXT. Okay. Yeah. He's just in the breakout tournament. I don't know if, um, yeah. Well, all right. I think that, I think we give it to him. I think Orton is the most venomous star in WWE. You know what they'd, uh, they'd call, uh, boa though if they told him to, he can't do all these high flying moves. Noah? Boa restricted. <laughs> That's way better. Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't even have even attempted there. David Otunga is replacing the vacationing Corey Graves, and Orton goes over the attack on Kofi Kingston and the New Day, calling Kofi a liar. And Kingston ran from a fight at SummerSlam right in front of his family, and he said, Kofi Kingston is stupid. And this crowd, they were having none of it. Yeah, I mean... They were pissed. If he cut the same promo in Toronto, I'm sure Toronto would have cheered. Yeah, Sioux Falls became Boo Falls. Oh, and man. he Jesus. told the fans to shut up. Kofi got multiple RKOs. Why? Because he's stupid. He shattered Xavier Woods' leg because Kofi Kingston is stupid. Kingston always fails, and the power of positivity can be crushed by the three most destructive letters in sports entertainment. Orton might be the only guy that I don't always cringe when I hear sports entertainment shoehorned into a sentence. Pretty much everyone else, it's 100%. And Randy Orton somehow, because he's Randy Orton, you, 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 you can buy it. I think his delivery is just that good. And maybe it's just, it's because he's been in the system for so long that sports entertainment sounds natural coming out of him, you know, but I, 
I, I thought he's, you know, this was like a much more faster pace of Orton promo than I think he, we've had usual. I don't know if they're restricted, uh, based on time here, but, um, still very good. I think Orton has been amazing in this feud. New Day's music hits and Orton is looking at the front. And of course, Kofi comes from behind and nails him with the trouble in paradise. And Kofi says, we're going to find out who the stupid one is today. And he grabs a chair, wraps it around Orton's ankle. And he's going to snap it when the Revival runs down to stop Kofi. And he fights off Dawson and Wilder with a chair. But Orton escapes. All of this was like eight minutes. You know, pretty economical. Did not feel like it had the weight of the angle last night. But, you know, still carried the story along. No uh, no Xavier or Biggie on the show either. So, yeah, good. Um, yeah, I hope they sell the, the injury to Xavier. Although... They've set up a pay-per-view match with him, but that's still a couple weeks away. So he's on the uh, the Rollins fast track and Braun Strowman ruptured spleen recovery diet. Uh, they recap the attacks on Roman Reigns. Um, man, I've never seen a, a video package get so much play than this than the attacks on Roman Reigns. I mean, it's their biggest angle, so yeah. Clearly, I mean, they had. It looks way better in like a video package than. Probably in execution. Then we got all the headlines of all the major outlets noting NXT's move to the USA Network. I mean, they had uh, WrestlingObserver.com, uh, Fightful, Us. Uh, <laughs> you know what I hate that they do about these headlines? Like, of course, yes, they, they cherry pick all the, the main outlets. They also eliminate who like the byline, like whoever has written the article for whoever it is like they don't care about that it's like you're showing the article but we go out of our way to not give any credit to the person that actually wrote the article so wait a second they actually just blur they blur it out or it's gone like you never see a byline i mean i think for to them it's just they just want these big brands attached to their brand that's all they care about but think about that like they make the conscious decision oh get rid of his name well yeah i mean some of these articles i've seen them do like strictly like there are pieces that are very critical of them that they just take like the first, like the best sounding <laughs> opening line from and they treat it as if it's like glowing praise. Um, so then we go over the, uh, sh- everything involving, uh, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens from last week because, uh, we have the $100,000 fine that is, uh, brought up and Kevin Owens goes into Shane's office and Shane says that the behavior was abhorrent last week and owens was very pissed about the hundred thousand dollar fine says to shane that we have different backgrounds a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money to me and to my family and both of us are both of us are fathers and i'm asking you father to father can you reconsider the fine sir oh i hated this i hated the whole so long story they had with owens cowering to shane begging him see i thought this was so like, it was so bad for Owens yeah. that this has to be some plot that Owens is going to get the last laugh at the end of this. And that was not the case. This guy was made to be pretty much begging on his hands and knees for mercy yeah. because he's got – he can't afford this fine. And he gets outsmarted by Shane at the end of all of this. For a guy who they've been trying to model after Steve Austin. I thought tonight was, was a very bad handling of Kevin Owens, who should not be presented like this. And I thought last week they did a good job because last week they had Owens basically say, oh, 
I mean, screw you. What? Like, you know, he broke the TV. Find me another 5,000. Like, to me, that was like badass. That was Steve. I Austin. didn't even like last week, but it was certainly not to this level. Like, this this was, was, they just made him like groveling. Like, yeah. like this guy, I'm sorry, but to me, yes, you can make him relatable, but you don't want to present him. Uh, I don't think this is a way that you get uh, sympathy. I, there's a difference. You're getting, you're getting like empathy. I think there's there's a difference between making somebody relatable and like making them too relatable because by something like this is what the common man would do, okay? Like if I was fined a hundred thousand dollars by you, John, I would certainly beg you, please do not find me a hundred thousand dollars. But the person we all want to be and people, somebody that we would look up to, would be somebody who would stun their boss for. Finding them a hundred thousand dollars, not giving a shit about money. It's fine. He should be pissed. It's a, it's a lot of money. You should be pissed. Yeah, but, but you should take it out in the exactly. form of anger, yeah, and aggression. And I don't know why they decided to do do this with Owens this week. And again, it it, uh, it this wasn't. I didn't see this brought up anywhere else. But again, then two nights before this, this guy was willing to put up his job to face this guy. Yeah, I mean, what was he going to do if he lost his job? AEW. I guess NXT, a, okay. AEW would add some depth to some of these characters. Like imagine, imagine how much better you'd have these baby faces booked uh, to stand up to the McMahons if you had a real life competitor that they could bring up as leverage. And the McMahons were the ones that were groveling for their big stars to stay with them because these are larger than life stars that we need. They wouldn't, they would never do that. Of course they wouldn't. Uh, Andrade versus Apollo Cruz in the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, Cruz started off with a big clothesline, but then Andrade knocked him down and hit the double knees into the corner. Hammerlock DDT gets countered with a small package from Cruz, and then Andrade did the Suzuki armbar in the ropes. Uh, gets caught with a drop kick coming off the top, and then as uh, Cruz goes for a Hurricane Rana to the floor, uh, it's caught, but then Cruz gets sent into the steps. Went through the break. Uh, Cruz hit an Olympic slam. Went for a military press, but his arm gives out that Andrade had been working on with the arm bar. Hits the double knees. And then Cruz comes back in Seguri, standing shooting star for a near fall. Crowd is getting into this. And then Vega grabs Andrade uh, or grabs uh, Cruz's foot. And this distracts him. And it allows Andrade to hit the discus elbow and hammerlock DDT for the win at 9 minutes, 43 seconds. Yeah, much like last night, you know, it was, I felt the, the loser in these opening round tournament matches that are getting a good deal of the shine, um, in, in these TV, TV bouts. And I thought Cruz had a good chance to impress here. And I thought, as usual, he looked really good. Um, but unfortunately, he's still very much in that same mix as a guy like Cesaro, who very good in ring, but just doesn't have the personality that, you know, connects with, I think, a WWE style of, character and story yeah they they had a good match here um it's fine but they it was it was a fine match like it was fine not not, none of these matches have been blow away right because like we we wondered oh like king of the ring these matches look great yeah will this be a bit of a turnaround for wwe and i think this is just the level that we can expect like this is close to about as you know good as you might get for some of these guys. We, we got a better match later in the show. Um, Marginally. Oh, wow. I think this live event experience has done a number on you. No, no. I think these are... Ulti- Seriously, though, these are ultimately all solid TV matches. But do they, like, stack up against the best wrestling that you've seen this year? 
Uh, course not. I'm not going to put that, uh, like this is, I'll say, uh, Buddy Murphy and Daniel Bryan to me, that was significantly above your average WWE television match, I thought. Okay. Uh, Brian and Rowan were backstage and they had a hooded man with them for the entire night. Yeah. I didn't know how this guy didn't like get a breath of air or anything. He was under this hood for two hours. He could breathe under a hood. Have you ever been under a hood for that long? Two hours? No. Not for two hours. They tell him not to think of moving or he will be sorry. Elias is in the back. He finds referee John Cohn in disguise, asks where Drake Maverick is, finds him in a production crate, and then reads Drake a letter that because of his match with Kevin Owens tonight, the 24-7 rules have been suspended. Mm -hmm. And then he puts, uh, as I said here, Drake in a box. And Maverick complained, saying he just wants to consummate his marriage. Yes. And she's disappeared. Renee, that was Renee, her name. Yes. Well, why would she show up? Well, she had been on TV for a while, and now she's uh just kind of disappeared. Yeah. So you know they're continuing to push Elias as this like difficult mountain for these comedy guys to overcome. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross wrote for Moment of Bliss, and Alexa says how they always welcome the less fortunate and those without championships. Uh, but their guest tonight actually requested to appear, and that is Charlotte Flair. A very strange setup to this announcement. And Alexa says that Charlotte's win over Trish was a passing of the torch. Charlotte corrects her and says she took the torch. She's the queen of all eras, the face of the SmackDown women's division. And some say that the face may be Bailey. Um, this is what Alexa brings up, but Charlotte says, no, she is the brand. Bailey cannot appear on red carpets, and the title is now an afterthought. Which brings out Bailey, who brings up the excuses Charlotte is using because she is not the champion and she is the champion, therefore better than Charlotte. And Charlotte comes back by saying more people were talking about my match with Trish than yours with Ember Moon. A fact. Mm-hmm. And Bailey has devalued the title. And Charlotte is going to beat her at Clash of Champions, which is the challenge that Bailey accepts, but before leaving, shoves Charlotte out of her chair and leaves her. That shove looked really dangerous, actually. She fell off this chair, yeah. which was, and like, onto elevated. The, onto the table. She was wearing heels. Yeah, like, she could have actually gotten hurt with this, man. But um, I, I, I think it's an inter- interesting angle, you know? Like, really basing it off of reality. I'm bigger than the title. Well, like, the, the fact that... Charlotte, She's not wrong, either. Charlotte's match completely overshadowed the women's championship match. I I think, you know, basing... Like, using that as as the basis to... <laughs> if this is setting up a Charlotte win, it's really terrible for Bailey. It's pretty bad. Like, I it know. makes her look... It confirms the truth, which is... Absolutely. Always the danger when you're allowing the heel to be truthful, because the mm-hmm. fan base is... They, they side with the heel, because they're not saying anything incorrect. The challenge really is to, with this story, like, have Bailey overcome that type of criticism. You know, she is certainly the underdog going into this, both in, 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 I guess, record and also just perceived star power. So what can they do to elevate Bailey in a feud like this? Buddy Murphy's in the locker room. He's getting ready. He's putting his knee pads on, which read, best kept secret since 1988. Wow, he was already He was a secret that yeah, when, when they were saying born? who who are the who are the undiscovered talents from Australia? Like, There's this infant <laughs> named uh, Buddy Murphy. Uh Reigns walks in and he wants to know 
who Buddy is lying to because he's pretty much told contradictory stories to Roman and then to Brian and Rowan. And Buddy says he's pretty sure he saw Rowan. And then says Reigns gets annoyed at this. He says, did you see him or not? And Buddy says, I was just trying to help you. And as I recall, Buddy said, I'm not going to give up the identity no matter what. And then Reigns beat the shit out of him. And then he gave yeah. up the name. On this so he ep- wasn't trying to help. Well, on this episode, I mean, we, we're, we're certainly seeing the Buddy Murphy babyface turn, uh, seemingly kind of, kind of out of nowhere. But it was an interesting attempt here by having him say he was genuinely trying to help Roman by telling the truth, what we come to. Which him. by the end of the night, he's justified in. Yeah. I mean, the story is. But it did not, did not feel like it, it, the angle started off that way, you know? No, no, it's huh. kind of adjusted along the way. Hmm. And you're supposed to feel sorry for Murphy by this point. Yeah. And I don't think people do. I think they just look at him as like this, this, uh, kind of rat that's like given up the identity and just when he's getting beaten up, he just gives up the names to just pacify whoever's attacking him. Uh, rain says, if you're lying, I'll kick your ass again. Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan, buddy Murphy. Uh, Brian continues to be great. He was amazing here. If they don't make, Buddy Murphy with like his face with like a lion's mane with the cowardly liar. Um, like the cowardly lion. I know. What a great shirt. And Brian wears Why the would, shirt. Brian wears the shirt. You think they would make a shirt just like that? Just the cowardly liar. And it's Buddy Murphy as a lion. Somebody would buy it. The lion. Right. Yeah, lion Brian. Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, I thought these two had a really great match together. Murphy starts off with this big flying knee. They traded chops. Murphy took him out with a big dive to the floor. It's clear the era of the non-commercial breaks are over. They, oh, yeah. they took breaks in every single match. Every match, if yeah. I like it. And it made the, the show way better. I mean, I'm watching from home. Let me, let me add right. that caveat. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is going to, maybe this is going to tell people stay home and watch the show. No, but and that's going to lead to viewership increases. I think increases. better yet, better yet, go live and, for three minutes of the match, read a book or like check your phone. Go, just close your eyes, meditate. Oh, I thought you meant the wrestlers. Thing. Like they could just read a book during no, the commercial no, break. No, I'm, t- I'm saying if you go watch a SmackDown event live. Uh, Murphy hit a, a Meteora and then Brian got the label lock applied, turned it into the rings of Saturn and then went Zack Sabre Jr. on him pulling back the leg. I know. I know. I wonder who, who was. He's a massive fan of Zack Sabre Jr. Okay. Yeah. That, I'm sure he was watching the G1. Yeah, yeah. He is one guy that was definitely, I think, watching. Yeah, this was great. This was really great. Um, the kicks, Brian's kicking him and then hits the baseball slide drop kick, his ode to, uh, to Kenta and Shibata. And then there's a back suplex off the top as Brian continually calls him liar, liar. I really like the, that he's doing the, the tree of woe low drop kick. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's sort of like him being able to do the same running drop kick he used to do, but without any risk of damage to the head. Buddy, uh, Moves out of the corner, hits a cheeky Nando's kick, and then power bombs Brian. There were these awesome uppercuts from Daniel Bryan. Goes for the Busaiku knee, and that gets turned into a backslide. There's a knee to the face, brain buster. Brian gets his foot on the rope, and then Brian gets sent towards Rowan on the apron. Murphy misses Brian, takes out Rowan, and lands a flying knee and Murphy's Law to pin Daniel Bryan. They put it over as his biggest win ever, and... I, I thought this was a great match. This was a very good match. I do agree. Uh, match of the show. Yes, Easily. I yes. Agree. Um, 
I find it really interesting how Brian, in the midst of you know what is supposed to be SmackDown's biggest program, maybe WWE's biggest program right now, with Roman Reigns and this murder angle, taking a clean loss to Buddy Murphy. Yeah, they they seem to like after the Reigns match last week, they're really going with Buddy Murphy for the time being. For the time being, you know, like these types of wins always like are always dependent on the follow up. Um, and the follow up we kind of got right after this, this, uh, I could see him going far in this King of the Ring tournament. Mm, I don't see him winning it, but to me, it was a match that really showcased the brilliance of Daniel Bryan, not just in technical ability, but in his ability to manipulate the crowd. I thought that promo off the top. He's been great. If the mission on this show was to, Babyface Buddy Murphy, I thought the promo he cut at the beginning of this match went a long way in achieving that. Um, I don't feel like this audience really got behind Murphy maybe as much as this segment and this match was, was designed to, but I would still classify as a, it as a success, you know? Um, so they had a shot of the hooded man in his room where he was left with the cameraman all night and Otunga mentioned that Brian and Rowan have gone to the extent of hiring a forensic specialist. Yeah, Tonga's been like making up, like going pretty overboard with the with the bullshit. Yes, but okay. Uh, Kayla then interviewed Buddy Murphy, but he gets jumped by Rowan and Brian, and Brian goes back to calling him a cowardly liar, and he gets the claw slam onto the equipment. So I guess the intent here was to give Brian his heat back as well, make you continue to feel bad for Buddy Murphy for always getting beaten up. Yeah, so they'll keep this going uh, with Buddy Murphy kind of linked to all of this. The Revival came out. They were selling the attack from Kofi Kingston earlier in the night, and they stated that the New Day is not championship material. They're cowards, and they tell Xavier Woods to be healed by Clash of Champions. They are challenging them to a SmackDown tag title match to restore the titles. For the life of me, what brand are the Revival part of? I'm pretty sure they're wrong. I thought they were too, yeah. but I wasn't 100% sure. Great. Uh, it doesn't matter. It really point. doesn't. At least until October, it doesn't seem to matter. Probably not. Uh, heavy Machinery interrupted them. I guess they're on SmackDown. Uh, Dawson and Wilder both have their ribs taped up. And we go right to uh, Heavy Machinery working the ribs. Yeah. Bear hugs. Hitting the ribs. Then they, there was a they, spot where Tucker they, they tossed did. Wilder to Otis with yeah, the bear hug. Yeah, that's. What I, I thought you were going to gloss over that. Sorry. Oh, I love that. That was he, great. He just threw him over into another bear hug. Yeah. Um, everything here was just focused on the ribs. Um they did a pair of double delayed verticals, and then we go through the break. Uh, the Raw Revival get the heat on Tucker, builds up to a hot tag to Otis, who goes for the Caterpillar to Wilder. The Compactor gets stopped, and then there's a Thez press delivered onto Scott Dawson, but he's not the legal man and allows Dash Wilder to use a uh, Mahistral Cradle for the win at 6 minutes, 7 seconds. I really liked Heavy Machinery in this match. You know, they really found some great double team power spots really fun to watch in ring i thought this was like a fun match they they just worked around the injuries yeah. and otis is a great baby face and they know how to work as heavy machinery i think they're in a great spot right now i don't want them challenging for the titles uh again or just yet i don't know if they're at that level but like as sort of like an undercard team uh house show tag team i i definitely think they're in a good place chad gable is with kayla he is asked about being an underdog in the King of the Ring. I don't know if the character now is supposed to be give us an interview in the delivery of a junior A hockey player, but this was like the mo- the dullest delivery 
I've heard from somebody in wrestling well, in a while. I think it was the type of promo that you weren't really supposed to pay attention to because there was something going on in the background. It was so bad that I had to pay attention to it, even though right. there was someone in the back. What was what I found interesting about him is like his new look. You know, the I, I you know the new haircut is kind of nice, but like he was dressed up here like in some like baby blue dress shirt. Like he looked he looked like a just like a an altar boy or like an altar boy in street clothes, I guess. Like he looked like a child here. So Shelton is in the background putting a sign onto the door. So Gable goes over how his first coach called him stupid. This is about his thoughts of being an underdog and that he wasn't good enough to make the Olympic team. This is our Olympic athlete here, Chad Gable. Uh, And he's going to open some eyes and he turns around and the sign on the door reads, you must be this tall to enter the king of the ring. Yes, that's right. So to try to promote these two, in the King of the Ring tournament, uh, we're going with the the short yep. angle. One guy has the wandering eyes gimmick, and the other is short. Yeah. No chance. No chance of anybody thinking that these two could win. Miz TV. Sami Zayn is the guest. He doesn't care about Miz or this show, but he needed to get television time. Miz points out all of his losses of late, and Zayn rails on the fans, calls them parasites, and he realized he got caught in the trap of greed. He's always fought for what is right and causes that are bigger than him, but the path to redemption is through altruism, and so many people on SmackDown need his help, such as Shinsuke Nakamura. And he came out, and I just wrote down how far they have come from TakeOver Dallas. They make reference. They did. They did bring it up. And Zayn explains to Miz... That Nakamura is Japanese. He's Japanese, way. Wow. He's also an artist and a poet. And you can't understand the pain that is going on in his soul. Zane does because he is an artist and a poet. And they have a bond. They have a bond from the day Nakamura debuted in WWE. As I swear if they did a close-up. I bet you a tear was forming in both men's eyes thinking of that night in April 2016 and says, for now on, if you want to talk to Nakamura, you talk to me. And as Miz went to ask him a question, Nakamura pointed at Zayn and then kicked him in the back of the head, drilled him with a knee from behind with the Kinshasa and then beat the shit out of Zayn or sorry, beat up Miz with more knees, and then Zayn held him in place for another Kinshasa. So at the end of this, it appears that Sami Zayn is the new mouthpiece for Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. What a weird setup this was. I think visually it's very weird. There's nothing about the two that really screams, oh, like, of course, you would never say that. But, I mean, they want to push Nakamura. Clearly the promos that Nakamura has been cutting aren't working out. And they can't really get this, seem to get behind Sami Zayn as sort of a, a physical threat or a serious in-ring competitor. So why not put the two together? Zayn is a fantastic talker. Um, I felt like he had to reach a little bit here to find the connection the two shared. Like, all they see of Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura is this artist thing that they've been trying to like beat us over the head with so much. Like he's literally an artist. He oh, makes art. God. And so Sammy just had to like pull from his own personal life experience. Oh, what can you imagine if the Rainmaker came to WWE? 
He would be. He would, he be would an, have an umbrella. He'd be an accountant. He'd be doing the Jack Gallagher spot. Oh, yeah, jumping sure. off with the umbrella. He'd be a weatherman. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, I I thought Sammy was entertaining here, though. I thought he did a. Sammy a, always is yeah. good, but uh at the end of this, it's like your reward for the end of this segment is Nakamura and the Miz. That's a start. You oh. know, to me, I just look at it more it's an as end. <laughs> I look at it more as like you know uh. I think it's an improvement for both men because you're at least getting them on TV, perhaps, you know, in a winning situation. You so. know what? If if you're seriously looking at potential candidates that you might want to bolster NXT with, uh, they could do a lot worse than a Nakamura or a Zayn. Yeah, I agree. The problem is, though, when, when somebody goes back to NXT... It does feel like how do you, how the do guy you, going back to high school going after you've graduated. And also, who do you have them beat? Because I, I just I find if somebody goes back to NXT, their only job is is to put to go someone and, over. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I, I I think that Nakamura is just he's in the spot, and but NXT is probably going to be very different now. So I think so. I think it will be, and I I feel like they will get to a point where it's they are going to want to mix in stars that they don't have a whole lot going on with on the main roster because now we have to we have to power two hours of TV every week, and it's. It's not just going to be that that roster. I'm willing to give this a chance, though. I think I think Zane could be very entertaining, and Nakamura I've actually enjoyed in ring lately. Brian and Rowan are still with the hooded man, and they have called for Roman Reigns. And it was going to take Roman uh, 25 minutes to get across the arena to this to find out his assailant. He's busy. If if you had nearly been killed on several occasions, and I told you, "Hey, wait, I'm down the street. I've got the guy who did it." Okay, okay. I'm gonna have a shower. Um, I'm gonna grab a coffee, maybe some lunch. I'll I'll be there. Just hold on to him. I'll get there when I get there. Roman's new character is like he literally leaves everything till the last minute on SmackDown. Yeah, that is it. He is Mister Nine Fifty Eight. Uh, Shane is in the office. Owens is back. Shane says, "I forgot to tell you what I had originally called you here for. So, come back to me." And he tells him. How you cannot put your hands on an official. And after all this, you have never apologized. So Kevin Owens says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Why was that necessary? Why? I, even if you have to do this story, tell this, to, like, do this angle to close the show, I, I just, I didn't think it was necessary to have Owens, like, obey every ish, every one of Shane's commands. He was defanged like Kenta. And then he warns Kevin. Don't ever put your hands on an official again, or you'll be fired. Kevin Owens, stone cold Kevin Owens. I understand. Absolutely not. Because Kevin Owens said so, if you give me permission. He then puts out his hand to shake Shane's hand, and Shane just says, I'm not quite there yet. Oh, man. Man. Like, literally, I'm thinking at this point, like, I am more baffled now after the fact because I couldn't fathom that Kevin Owens was not getting the last laugh at the end of the night on Shane McMahon. So it made this even more perplexing as we will get into the final match of the show with Elias and Kevin Owens. Uh, this is our quarterly reminder that Elias has entrance music. Yes. That he came out to. So early on, Owens sends him to the floor. And I don't want to rail on this match, but do you know how long this thing went? 
13 minutes. 13 minutes. Yeah. This was just a really nothing happening match. Oh, God. I, I, I feel terrible for the people that probably saw this one live because what I saw on TV was not very good. It's just like it's moves, but there is like, it's like nothing is jumping out at you. It's, nothing is grabbing you. It's an Elias main event, which means it's the offense is incredibly dull. It's like a pre-match like workout. It's just like running through stuff. I won't say that. Like they, they did like Owens of all the things in this match, he did a splash off the apron to the floor during the commercial break mm-hmm. that they showed, which was one of the bigger things of the match. Elias got the heat for like an extra edition of SmackDown. Uh, Owens got his boot up, hit a senton. Then Owens got lifted on his shoulders and into a spin, spinning sit out power bomb from Elias, which was the most ambitious thing from him. Uh, Owens did a swanton onto his knees and then pulls down the rope. Elias goes to the floor. Uh, before the commercial break, Shane McMahon had come out and with Shane on the floor, he reveals underneath his shirt, he's got a referee shirt on and Owens, Owens is upset for some reason. Like he knows he can't attack this guy, but Shane was not even provoking him to attack him. It's not like he slapped Kevin or did anything that Kevin was about to punch him and then he saw the referee shirt. It was just, he was standing there. They've been cordial all show. He told Owens to back off of Elias. Is about as much as he did. But yeah, it wasn't enough to, for Owens to... There was no reason to feel bad for Kevin Owens. Well, like, he knew what was coming, I suppose. So in the ring, Shane is now refereeing this match with the normal referee. The stunner gets stopped, and the then... The referee was told to leave. Uh, didn't he just stand in there? He, he, Shane told him to leave the ring. Anyway, the stunner gets stopped. Elias shoves him towards Shane, but he doesn't run into Shane, and it allows Elias to roll him up the 24-7 finish, and Shane fast counts him 13 minutes and 22 seconds. And that was our night of Kevin Owens. I thought they did a disastrous job with this guy yeah. on this show. They've done a great job with him in the past few weeks, but I don't, to me, this was a, a, a big fumble, like a real step back. And on top of that, a really bad match. A bad match and just a terrible handling of a baby face that has caught on significantly in the last month. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a terribly cooling off episode for Kevin Owens and what they've been doing. Last minute of the show, Roman walks into the room. And the room is a great de- description if you're looking for a movie comparison to this scene. <laughs> Brian explains the lengths of which he has gone to exonerate Eric Rowan. And they reveal the man under the hood. And first of all, I know Brandon from New Jersey gets a lot of flack from us. He had one of his funniest tweets when he said, (laughs) it's Mike Beltron, the California State Athletic Commission referee who is the MMA referee with like the gigantic mustache. Uh I thought it was very funny. It's like a guy with Rowan's beard that looks like he could be his father. And it ends with the the most hilarious look of confusion on Roman Reigns' face, which was like I was looking into a mirror absorbing this. What a... The acting was so oh. bad. I mean, but that said, like, you you could get, like, George, George Clooney in this scene, and I don't think it would have come across it any better. Like, what an awkward way to end the show. Oh what God. a flat ending to this show. Like, a show-long st- mystery with the payoff of, like... Here's a guy who looks like Eric Rowan. I mean, I understand. I think 
on paper, it kind of makes sense. But in execution, you need that. You need something like a bit more concrete, something to, you know, give a bit, bit more of a reaction. Instead, you just kind of leave, leave the audience hanging with a bit Which of is a, fine. I mean, I don't but, mind but prolonging this. But it wasn't a spectacular reveal. This was, was not the, the Hebner twins. No. That was SmackDown, a very bizarre end. Um, I thought the show moved along pretty well up until the main event. I really enjoyed that Brian-Buddy Murphy match. I liked that a lot. Um, there were other parts of the show, though, that I, I thought really not so much drag, but I just did not enjoy. I thought Kevin Owens uh, was terrible tonight. Um, not him himself. The handling of him was just uh, baffling to me of this babyface that just got outsmarted, humbled, and just made to look... Every every trait you do not want in a baby face of that style, like just. I agree. Yeah, so yeah, that was SmackDown. I know I didn't think one of the one of their better episodes of late, but a really hot match in the in the middle there, and yeah, some I, great stuff from Daniel Bryan all show long in this mm-hmm. angle. Uh, anything else on SmackDown? No. Should we go to the forum? Let's do it. Okay, forum.postwrestling.com. We are going to see. Do you think that this SmackDown cracked a seven? Seven seems to be the uh, the tough number to hit. I just saw. A 6.63. I'm telling you, it's a tough one to hit. Nick from Arizona, not a bad episode overall, but a wet fart of an ending. What the hell was that? Who am I kidding? That was so weird. I can't wait to see how they explain this one. Well, I guess the explanation is that Buddy Murphy was telling the truth. It was... This random guy that apparently guy. Um, was backstage and no one noticed how much he looked like Eric Rowan. I mean, it, it's probably just Brian and Rowan making up an excuse, right? Yeah. Perhaps. We go to uh, Adrian from PA who says, Feedback on NXT's move to USA, if you don't mind. My immediate reaction to NXT airing on the USA Network was negative, mainly because even if you take AEW out of the equation, a move to cable doesn't really make sense. Right now, 100% of NXT's viewership has the WWE Network. I would be curious to know the percentage of that audience, how much of that audience watches on Wednesday nights. Since it's going to be up on the network the next morning, AEW has an immediate advantage as more must as it is more must see. NXT will have to work twice as hard to earn that viewership. I mean, if you're looking at this for just from a business move, this is enormous for NXT to be getting a deal of that size from the USA network. Um on top of the fact you're still going to be getting it on the network. I mean, they're really not losing anything here. It's you're adding that much more revenue now to your your bottom line which is just their their record amount of revenue is only going to grow by that much more now i mean it's just it's amazing the I amount think, of tv money i think they aj have. aj is more talking about how people will, how nxt viewers will be incentivized to watch on live tv versus waiting to watch on the network the next day um i think that if it's if you're in the us and it, and it's on tv and you're in the habit of watching it on Wednesday nights. But if you've got AEW as an alternative as well that you might be curious about. How often have you ever – well, you're a different case because we, we talk about it. But, I mean, you have the option that you can – if you have Rogers, you yeah. can you can watch Raw the next day. Um, You can get it on Hulu. Okay. A 90-minute version of it. I mean, there's always the option, yeah. That you, I would probably do that instead. But uh, we're also not talking about Raw that's unopposed. Let's say Raw was opposed by something like AEW. I, I again, like I think AEW is going to have a similar setup to this as well. So you you can argue it the other way as well. But but is that something people will have to subscribe in addition to? Well, right now BR Live is uh it's free. Do you think that they will have AEW up on demand live for free, or sorry, on demand the day after for free? We don't know. We don't yeah, know I don't know. 
But um, okay. Anyway, but again, the WWE Network isn't free, so but people already have it. Is is AJ's point? NXT viewers already have it. Yeah, I think though the fact that it is um for for worldwide, like I I really don't think it's going to take a giant chunk out of whatever the viewership yeah. is going to be for Wednesday nights. I also like at some point have to wonder how de- how many people are dedicated enough to watch both shows. Because I feel it's a that, lot. It's four hours. Yeah, I think eventually people are just going to choose one over the other. And if you're going to be an NXT fan, then you'll probably just watch NXT. Maybe occasionally tune into a ma- big main event on AEW, and vice versa. If you're an AEW fan, you might just cherry pick the matches that you want to see. So may- that might not be as big of an issue. How are you going to watch NXT? Uh here's what's interesting: is that like if we continue to do the hangouts on Thursday, I think that'd be a great place to like discuss. Wednesday, the Wednesday TV offering. So I'll probably end up watching it if we end up doing something like that. And we don't know yet. Um, but if we end up doing something like that, I'll probably watch it Thursday morning or Wednesday evening after we do our shows. Right. Jay from Colorado writes, uh, he's rating this episode of seven for the Buddy Murphy, Daniel Bryan match alone. Both these guys are two examples of what I love about wrestling, an up and coming baby face who can hang with the veterans versus a veteran heel who's more than willing to put the new guy over wrestling. Needs more buddies and Bryans. Both guys get it. Mm-hmm. Brandon from Oshawa says, Another solid show from WWE with a terrible ending. I wasn't expecting a huge reveal, but they tease you until the last second and they give us that. I wish this were Lucha Underground because at least that guy would probably be revealed as a future version of Eric Rowan, whose time traveled back to this era for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys have... I'm going to miss Lucha Underground for just scenarios like that. Uh, do, any thoughts on on that Lucha Underground or any updates on? Oh no, on? like nothing not going on on Lucha Underground. I'm I'm not expecting Lucha Underground to come back. It's it's people just trying to get out of those contracts yeah. and move on to life after. Okay, uh, so Brandon here says, do you have any thoughts on the whole Spider-Man Marvel Sony deal? Yeah, I was going to talk about this afterwards. Okay, um, so essentially, Deadline reported that there is an impasse right now between Sony and Disney mm-hmm. over Spider-Man, which could see. Spider-Man no longer part of the MCU, which, and correct me if I have any of these details wrong, like Tom Holland is still signed on for two more movies. With Sony. With Sony. So Sony could go ahead and make these movies, but yep. they would be as well, separate. As well, director John Watts, I believe, is, is Okay. So they are slated to return, but in what capacity? Like, what are these movies? For Let, let me just say, I feel like a lot of this is... Posturing. Posturing and public negotiation. I think, I think there that- is way too much at stake that this will actually happen. Yep. I and think- I think that Disney probably feels they're untouchable right now of whatever mm-hmm. they want. The the the, the other uh, aspects of the story reportedly are that uh, Disney wants a 50-50 share of um, – Certain certain terms, they basically want more of more a bigger slice of the pie. Yeah, which right uh, now it's like significantly less. Yeah, I believe they, I believe they get. I, I'm going to have some of these terms um, uh, screwed up, but five percent of like uh, yeah. fir- first run and, and and then merchandising, and I think they want more than that. They want fifty fifty of of some some technical term, but uh, yeah, I, I I think negotiations are aren't are very much still alive in my opinion. Uh, I think there's just too much money on the table. It's a, it's something that. Can Sony get away with it? You know, can they certainly like their, their Venom universe, uh, all the other movies, properties that they have lined up can certainly use somebody like, uh, they can use Spider-Man. They can use Tom Holland, but I think they stand to see a great deal of backlash from the audience for, uh, what I think 
ultimately they will continue to look like the bad guys because the MCU and Kevin Feige really have the audience's respect. And I think everybody wants to see him and Martin Disney continue to run with this version of, of Spider-Man. So I feel like the two will do their best to work things out for the benefit of, of all, all, uh, uh, audiences. I'd be, I'd be very surprised if they didn't. I just think it's, um, I think it's not just a negative backlash. I think it would very much hurt them to go ahead with these two movies that people would see them as completely detached and I think almost protest and not go. Really makes you wonder though, too, you know, what, what plans Marvel might have had for Tom Holland going forward in phase five, phase six, you know, of the MCU. Right. Um, how they might have to juggle, uh, that if this were to, you know, and that, that's fruition. Sony's leverage point is that there's probably yep. all the stuff mapped out that you take out a key component yeah. of that. It's, it's something where they at, feel they can push back against at the same Disney. time, you know, knowing that something like this was, is, you know, close to happening and may actually happen. Does Marvel take a step back even if they do bring Tom Holland back and, and Spider-Man back? Does Marvel figure out their exit strategy right now with the character. Are there any other characters that fall into a similar scenario beyond Spider-Man? I don't believe so right now. I think the only one that might be somewhat ambiguous is the Incredible Hulk, because I believe he still, uh, Universal, I believe still owns, whether it be distribution rights or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't, I should have, uh, prepared a bit no, more no, no, discussion, that's, but no, that's fine. So, I mean, that's also part of the reason why they don't, they won't do an Incredible Hulk, uh, solo film. Um, Which I don't know if there's nec- – uh, I'm not missing it. I mean they they could do it and it would probably be successful but mm-hmm. not non-essential. Yeah, I don't need one. But Spider-Man though, like those two movies have been – They've excellent. done a really great job. And also like Tom Holland is not getting any younger. You probably want to fast track a lot of that before he yeah. outgrows the role. Yeah. Um, really interesting to see what happens if, if let's say Sony keeps it and Tom Holland stays in the – or maybe they recast. Can't – uh, actually, they can't because he's he's signed on for more films. But uh, yeah, it'll be it's 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 interesting. It certainly uh, lit up um, the whole uh, internet. So if they TV did these thing. additional two Spider Mans detached from Disney, would they just they could they just pick up from where the last movies left off? Would it I be? I think it would be really ambiguous. You know, it'd be very hard to. Well, I mean, you, you can do whatever you, you want. You cut the connection to Happy Hogan. You cut to the connection to Tony Stark. No mention of any of those guys at all. They can get away with it. Can they mention them? I don't think so. I mean, the characters? No, I don't think so. Because I think they're definitive. Like, I, I think Aunt May will be back. Um, maybe even like the rest of the characters that they've created, Ned Leeds and. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJ, I think the, they, they might all return, but I honestly, right now, I, this is all like, we're, it's all speculation. We yeah. don't know what, what exactly the terms are. What's yeah. a Marvel creation? What's a, what's a Sony creation? Uh, Chris from down under Chris Thunder, a good edition of SmackDown tonight with another standout performance from Buddy Murphy. And we're all on our way to King Elias, but that ending was random as hell. At least the NXT to USA move will only result in a 24 hour WWE network blackout. Andrew from Cape Breton. So the ending was dumb and very WCW-esque, but there was another issue I had tonight. They've turned Sami Zayn into a manager. I remember when Sami was in NXT and people talked about how he was this great babyface and he could be this megastar in WWE, and now he's a manager. He's a manager for a man who doesn't speak English but has a hard time communicating. 
and has a hard time communicating. So they basically said Sammy is a much is such a loser that he needs to not wrestle anymore, and his friend is someone whose English is so bad he needs someone to speak for him. I guess that's a, that's what I read from the whole situation. He's become Jim Cornette to Nakamura's Yokozuna. Six out of ten. I I don't think it's the worst role at the moment for Sami Zayn, who's not doing anything else. Certainly not. I think what any 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 fan of either wrestler hoped for initially when they both came up from NXT. But I mean, let's remember this is like you have to fit these characters into the vision of one man who can who just simply sees a guy like Sami Zayn and says, "You're a heel." You're a heel with a loud mouth because you're an obnoxious, uh, uh, f- uh, f- uh, charity guy. And you, you're, you don't speak Japanese or you don't speak English, so you need a, a manager. An so. artist and a poet. Yeah. Okay, we got Eric for, or sorry. I'll read this one. Uh, he praises Buddy Murphy and Daniel Bryan and he goes on to talk about NXT. I have a problem. Okay, the thing I have a problem with is not the competition part, because I get that. WWE has decided that they promote the brand and come watch WWE the brand. While judging by Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks selling out Vegas, Chicago, Washington, etc., while New Japan was half empty in Dallas and have yet to sell out the thousand seats in Lowell, people want to see Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks, myself included. A hundred thousand people will pay fifty bucks to see these guys next Saturday. Well, not a hundred thousand people. Um, oh, you know, you know what? Pay- he's talking about pay per view. They they should get a hundred thousand buys. No, he's right. Um, this seems like a naive move for WWE to think we'll just block them. You've lost half your audience in the last five years. There's nothing you can do about this except improve your product. Um, not not a question there, but more so just looking at um, you know you have. You have stars in AEW, hot stars that people are willing to spend money on that feel incredibly hot at the moment. Right. Yes. But I, I, I mean, I find it, I find this battle much more interesting than say if Raw were to go up against AEW, because I feel like there's a much bigger cross section between an NXT fan and an AEW fan than a Raw fan and an AEW fan. Do you think at all that it positions this as not so much insulating WWE, but the worst case scenario that they they do not have the same viewership as AEW, that it isn't Raw that's losing to AEW. I'm sure that'll be it's an excuse. NXT. Yeah. We put up our minor league brand. We put up our, you know, uh, yeah, like bench, bench, bench guys against what's supposed to be our uh, biggest competition. Does that incentivize you to keep NXT as is? Sending it out there as opposed to let's load it up from the start and that gets blowing out. Yeah. That's way more egg on our face. I, I think so. Um, at the same time, you know, even if they do put a Roman Reigns out there for one week, they still have that excuse to fall back on, you know, so, and if they beat them, they, they can also say, Hey, like we put our bench guys against this all star team and we beat them too. So maybe it's somewhat calculated. Um, or maybe it's just, the, what they consider to be their best shot. Cause like I said, you know, I, I don't know how many people are going to be watching. Hmm. Okay. Let's, let's say AEW decides to run on Monday against Raw. They will probably lose against Raw based on casuals. Um, but <sighs> hmm. Okay. Anyway, let's, 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 let's not. Let's carry this conversation on. Okay. No, time. it's, uh, no, it's fine. There's, there's many, many different things. I, I will just add this that I feel 
one of the benefits that NXT has going into this is that I think a lot of the audience that you're going to attract, they are very curious because they want to see Paul Levesque's vision, a non-Vince McMahon vision. And I would say that would be a big selling feature for this show to see um, Paul Levesque's vision that we've already seen in in practice blown up into a two-hour show that has competition and seeing like personally i i want to see paul levesque put in this situation where it is this is the big test and if yeah. things don't go well i don't want to see the vince mcmahon panic move i want to see the paul levesque panic move what do what does he do in that situation and that's why i kind of feel like nxt is is a better product to put up against AEW than something like Raw. Raw certainly has, you know, uh, the longevity, the casual attention perhaps, but I think the, the the audience that AEW is trying to attract that's disenfranchised with what they've seen on the main roster. They want something different. There's no question that I think if you put Raw up against AEW, that particular fan will be watching AEW. If you put up NXT against AEW, I think that that's a bit more of a competition. Right. And I think that that's because that, both are fresh. People know like what the, what the appetite is right now for Vince McMahon's WWE. They, the whole reason, uh, not the whole reason, but a big reason with AEW is just it's different. It's the wrestling we grew up with or it's just something different. It's mm-hmm. a different vision of wrestling. And that's what NXT needs to be in. If you're just it kind of has, it, it has been, it's been different from the main roster. And, and that's. Yeah. Like NXT just being another version of Monday and Tuesday, yeah. it's like that's going to be the show that by week two you're moving on and you're not going to be – because I know what that is. I want to see something yeah. through someone else's eyes. Yeah. Uh, last one here. Actually, we have uh, – oh, you're up here. Oh, we got Paul, Paul, from from, Paul from New Jersey who says, super stoked Murphy got the win over such a big name. Even enough cannot – Enough cannot be said about Daniel Bryan. I even thought the Gable Benjamin thing kind of worked. I love the Zayn Nakamura pairing. I think they have a ton of potential together. This all culminated with a shit ending. My bracket finals was Drew McIntyre defeating Chad Gable. That is all. All right. Well, that's a very optimistic viewpoint. Last one here is Eli. I was at the show tonight. Most of the hard cam side was tarped off. Definitely better than the last live TV event in Sioux Falls, which included Kevin Owens getting tipped over in a porta potty by Braun Strowman. My friends and I really enjoyed the Andrade Apollo match and especially the Buddy Murphy Daniel Bryan match. I'm very curious to see how that translated on TV as I thought they were awesome matches. I don't have much, but I really enjoyed the 10 man tag on 205 Live, but a lot of people left before it started. By the end, I thought the remaining crowd was pretty into it, however. Pre show dark match was Samoa Joe de- defeating Ali. Joe's entrance definitely got a bigger reaction, but Ali had the crowd by the end. Dark match main was a six man tag between Randy and the Revival against the New Day. Xavier Woods made his recovery. Interesting. Uh, nothing special. I left before it ended. Most over people included Kofi, Randy, Owens, Miz, and Murphy by the end of his match. Otis was also very over with the crowd. Overall, much better show than the last few here in Sioux Falls. So there you go. Always appreciate live notes. Uh, all right. Um, before we get out of here, um, just. Did I cut you off early from the news? No, no, no. It's fine. We, we just. Sorry. Not the SmackDown. No, it's all good. Uh, not not a, a crazy amount here. Uh, in fact, we talked about Spider-Man. For uh, Raw on Monday night, they did 2,534,000 viewers. So this was down 7% from last week. But this was uh, higher than a lot of their numbers since WrestleMania. Their third highest since uh, the Superstar Shakeup, uh, which they only fell behind the Raw reunion and last week's Raw. So all things considered, this was a good number for 
not coming off a pay-per-view. Any theories as to what you might attribute that to? I, I think that there was, I don't think it was a huge amount, but I do think that there were some people tuning in thinking, NXT. thinking about the announcement because it was not just like sites like ours that were reporting on it. There were some like bigger sites, like entertainment sites too, that were starting to get wind of it by late Monday afternoon as well. So I could see that being something to it. Um, King of the Ring was something they promoted. They promoted well. King of the Ring hard. Um, mm. that, that might have been something. Um, they did have, um, you know, the third hour was down. So I don't know if the, the tag title match really grabbed everybody, but it, again, like they've kind of mitigated their, first to third hour losses like you're getting much more of the first hour sticking through the show than you were uh, months ago so that's at least a positive and they've they seem to have settled um towards the end of the summer at a decent level um and the question will be once we get into football season what kind of hit is raw gonna take i mean i i think they they would attribute some of that success to this roman uh murder who done it it's been the big angle and i just feel like they're gonna drag it as out as long as they can. I think SmackDown tonight is going to be up because I think that that when you tease something like they, that, the reveal, even with an unsatisfying reveal at the end of it, oh, people love they get into those those yeah those no mysteries. matter how many times we 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 are disappointed, we will be interested. The mystery card it all it always does work or typically does. Um, and yeah, let's just close on this. Did you see the photos of Ronda Rousey's finger? Yeah. She was filming um the 911 show in Mexico last week and did a scene. How ironic. I know. Um sorry. I had to bite my tongue on that one. She went during a scene, slammed the door on her middle and ring finger and ended up doing like tendon damage. It looked mangled uh, it looked pretty severed to me oh like it looked like it was hanging by like a piece of skin or something and apparently she was back the next day filming that's insane it was crazy so tmz picked this up um it's a horrific photo uh that you can find on tmz i god who would have thought like outside of the octagon she would have i mean this level of like gruesome injury yeah this worse was... than I, anything i've seen her like involved in in mma yeah it uh you know this is a uh... One of, one of the, uh, yeah, so she broke the middle finger, nearly severed a tendon while fracturing the tip of her ring finger. Oh, just, uh, frightening. Oh, man. Needed a bolt and screws, uh, inserted. That's insane. Yeah. I would, I would be really Ooh. curious, like an injury like this, if it would be something that would be, uh, you know, if she ever had the, which I don't think she has an ounce of interest in of like so, fighting again, would that be something like this was really serious? Yeah. That it would, would that prevent her from doing any kind of, like if she was, if this were four years ago, like what kind of impact would this have on striking, um, with her hand? Uh, It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I never imagine her fighting again. She's one that I feel pretty confident on. I'd be curious to know how it might affect her, her grappling and her judo. Right. Uh, But I mean, she described it as already like getting 50% within like what a day or something like that. I mean, she was back the next day. This could have been a case where this, it looked a whole lot worse than maybe it is. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll make a fine recovery, but you just see that photo and it's like, if I, if she was going into the Olympics for judo, you'd be frightened. What's crazy was that she said she finished the take or something like that. Oh my God. Like, because she, she said she was, she's used to not showing pain in front of an audience what she said that's insane she has a a different mentality than most oh man 
All right, that's going to wrap up the show as I'm uh, trying to hold my stomach together. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. You can always uh, keep tuned to postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com. We'll be back on Wednesday night with the double shot chatting the first two episodes of Glow. And you can tune in Wednesday afternoon for the British Wrestling Experience. They will be back as well. So uh, lots of stuff to check out. And that's it. Way's got a bike ride coming up. Goodbye.